Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, and on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with 1 Peter 5.10 using my step-by-step Bible study method. And you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And today, I'm so excited to welcome as my guest host, Aaron Ulrich. Erin and I met collaborating on the life-changing stories devotional from Butterfly Living, and she made the mistake of telling me that she likes my podcasts using the step-by-step Bible study method. And so I invited her on, and Erin, I'm so glad you accepted my invitation. Thanks for being here with us. Angie, I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited to study with you. This is going to be great. So 1 Peter 5.10 in the NASB 95 says this, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's a lot of promises right there, I think, Aaron, right off the bat, isn't it? (laughs) It is. They're all all very action. They're action verbs. I love it. God will do this. God will do this. God will do this. Yeah, I love that. So 1 Peter, just a little information about 1 Peter. It is a letter written to encourage the scattered Christians to maintain hope while suffering. The date of the writing is around AD 62, and the author is the Apostle Peter. Chapter 5, where where we are hanging out today, has 14 verses. It's the final chapter of the book, and it is a chapter about shepherds and sheep and how everyone should be humble and watchful, and we're hanging out in the section that talks about a prayer for spiritual strengthening or talks about it is a prayer for spiritual strengthening and so one more time first peter 5 10 after you have suffered for a little while the god of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in christ will himself perfect confirm strengthen and establish you so step one in the bible study method is to choose our word and i'm going to turn that over to aaron get us started oh great so our word is established and um on dictionary.com, which is just the easiest thing to look up, uh, the the definition is to found, institute, build, or bring into being uh, on a firm and stable basis, to install or settle in a position, to bring about permanently, Mm -hmm. to fix unalterably, to enact, appoint, or ordain for permanence. It's from the Latin word stabilis, which is where we get stable uh, or to make firm. So there's a little theme going on in the definition. <laughs> um, synonyms I found were settle, decree, entrench, 
stabilize, ground, and plant. The opposites I found were destroy, end, prevent, remove, ruin, dislodge, displace, invalidate, forget. Mm, Those feel so heavy when you're thinking about what God would do to you if that was like, that God would forget you. Like that just feels so hopeless, doesn't it? And so I think that's why sometimes it's so helpful to me to look at the opposites because I'm like, oh, this is, this is what sometimes I'm tempted to believe that God has forgotten me or that God has ruined me or some of the ones that, that God has canceled me, has sabotaged me. Some of the ones that I found, but that's not at all what God has done. And I love what you were talking about that several times I heard this stability, this permanence, this like, He's building it something in us, which is our faith in him, right? Makes me emotional right off the bat that cannot be shaken. Like actually we can stand on this. We can trust it. We can depend on it. It won't mm-hmm. knock over uh, when we are in these trials or in these struggles, right? Right. Ugh, so good. So good. Okay. So investigate is step two is investigate. And we divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare our word in other translations and comparing the word was just a little tricky for me, Aaron, because we have this list of four in the NASB, right? That says perfect, confirm, strengthen, and established. But depending on how translators went into these original words, sometimes established wasn't the first, wasn't the last word. And anyway, so what I did was right. I compared with the last word in the list. So that's where I uh, went for my comparison. And so the Amplified Classic said settle. The Amplified said establish, making you what you ought to be. I thought that one was really interesting. Making you what you ought to be. I saw support, make you firm, ground, keep you from falling. I liked that one too, because again, that's like that not easily knocked over. Give you a firm foundation. The TLB said make you stronger than ever. The NIRV I loved because it says he will make you strong and steady. So I have to just put that Mm. word in here. (laughs) And then the (laughs) NIV UK said steadfast. So I, I loved those. Did I miss any that you saw as I was rattling through a lot of those? Was there anything that stood out to you in particular? In the message Bible, it said, uh, we'll have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yeah. And I was like, that, yes. <laughs> that makes me think you are who I say you are. And you're made up of what I say you're made up of, right? Um Wow, yes. That's what that's what makes me think when you read that version from the message. Yeah. You are and you are made of what I say you are. And so when we doubt that, I had a mentor one time when I was struggling with something who encouraged me to go back to the last answer I heard. And I thought that was such good advice. I've used that advice so often in my life. Like when you're when you're in this place of indecision, go back to the last answer you heard. Why are you questioning yourself now? Right. And I think sometimes we get into a struggle. Um, that's what Peter says, right? That we will suffer. We'll get into something that helps, uh, that invites us to suffer or tempts us to suffer or is just a time of suffering. And we wonder what we're made of now, or we wonder who we are now. And I, yeah, I love that declaration, the way that you just said it, like, yeah, makes me think of that. You are who I say you are, and you're made up of what I say you're made up of. So good. 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 That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Part two is to research the original word. What did you learn as you were studying the Greek word for this? Well, in the Strong's uh, 2311, uh, the Greek word is temelio. 
and uh, to lay the foundation of literally and metaphorically uh, to ground or to settle. That word settle too, it's like in the midst of something, I think like a storm, right? Or something, you know, that again, yes. like, it, yeah, when you're feeling like you might be blown away, um, but it's going to, yeah, it's going to keep you grounded. It's going to keep you firm. One of the words that I found when I was looking at the Strong's number was consolidate, which I thought about that being a grounding or a settling too. Like I was thinking consolidate me and him, right? Like he is in me and I am in him. And so he's like consolidating himself in me, which is heavier in a good way than the wind or the suffering that would blow me around. I, I just right. had this visual, right? Yeah. Of my, my boots being firmly planted on the ground because he's in me, like he's consolidated us and I don't have to depend on myself anymore. Anything more from that you found in the original word? No, that was it. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Uh, part three is to read some commentary. And I found a couple of different things that I wanted to share. This is from the enduring word. It says these things talking about the perfecting, the establishing, the strengthening, the settling, all those words, these things are God's work in us and through us. Peter personally knew the futility of trying to face suffering and danger in one's own strength. His own failure taught him the need for constant reliance on God's work in our lives. So he prays for his dear Christian friends. And I know enough of your story, Erin, to know that we both have had times where suffering came into our life and we tried to work it out in our own strength, right? Right. <laughs> and then we go first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. And I think sometimes that exhaustion is the thing that brings us to the Lord when we finally realize <laughs> I can't carry this, right? I can't do it though. The Bible knowledge commentary said Peter had encouraged his readers to endure suffering in such a way that the grace of God would be made manifest in their lives. God himself would restore them and make them strong, firm, and steadfast. Charles Big says, shall establish so that you shall not be shaken by alarms. And that goes back to that steadiness, right? That like, I think mm -hmm. of alarms as like that storm tornado sirens going off, you know, whatever that, what, what's that danger, danger, danger that goes off in yeah. our, in our body, in our mind. Right. And he's like, okay, this doesn't have to shake you. It may, it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, the problems that we have are real and they are there and they need to be dealt with, prayed through all of that, but it doesn't mean it shakes us at the core because the core of us is like that. What did I say? Consolidated, right? It's that um, it's put together in such a way, joined together that we can have this grounding even when like i don't know the sky when people are running around the sky is falling the sky is falling right. but we don't have to join him in the running around right yeah yeah right um, thomas schreiner said this this is my last note note from commentary it says the sufferings of believers are intense but god's grace is stronger still amen Ooh, i like that i did too yes saying that the suffering will last a short time does not mean that it will only last for a brief interval during the earthly sojourn of believers because we want it to be a short time, like our short time, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the short time period refers to the entire interval before eternal glory commences. The sufferings of this life will seem as if they lasted a little while when compared to the eternal glory that endures forever. And then one more note from Thomas Schreiner, it says four different verbs are used to describe God's promise for believers. 
There's no need to distinguish carefully between the meanings of the verbs, for together they emphatically make the same point. The God who has called believers to eternal glory will strengthen and fortify them so that they are able to endure until the end. He will fulfill his promise to save and deliver them. That's a lot of words, but I mm-hmm. liked what he was saying that yes. all of these words together, it's almost like sometimes when Paul does these things like overabundantly or something like, you know, where he's like, he's like, I, it's so big that I need to just sort of add words on top of it to try to communicate <laughs> how much God is going to do in your life. And I know you, you divided those words up just like a little bit individually. Tell me what you learned about that as you were studying just a little bit deeper, even than this word established. Yes. So the, the verbs, I love that they're all verbs and it says God himself will do these things. And um, so the, the picture that, that these words bring are um, like restore is to bring into its proper condition, Mm. uh, confirm uh, to turn resolutely in a certain direction to steadfastly set Strengthen was to make, to stand, mm. and then establish was to ground or settle. And I just love the uh, strength of those words and the calmness, the, just the, almost like a boundary, like, mm. here's what I'm going to do. This here, God's is saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, perfect you bring you back to what your proper use, like you're made to serve, to love, to know me. And I will make you to stand, you know, and I will ground you or settle you in the middle of our struggles and, you know, going through hard times. Uh, it feels messy and chaotic. It does. It doesn't feel settled at all. And so I love the, just the way this is so opposite of, you know, just like God is, you know, his ways are better than our ways. And so, uh, you know, the, the chaos of suffering, God brings order in the middle of it. And I just love that picture. And I love that too. I think that's like the peace that passes understanding, right? Well, that, that, that order in the middle of the chaos is this place where we can find him, cling to him, be refreshed by him. And one of the things that he's teaching me in this season of my life is how to have rest, even when like I'm, even when my heart is either sad or overwhelmed or my schedule is too full or whatever, like, how do you rest even when things are spinning around you? And I think that's what you're talking about, right? That's that chaos, that order out of chaos. And it takes me back to that amplified uh, version of the Bible said, establish making you what you ought to be. It's like putting that back yeah. in order. And what we ought to be is focused on him, connected to him, receiving his abundance. He doesn't say that I have joy overflowing sometimes when you got your life together. You know, it's like, it's this promise of I have joy, I have life abundant. I want to bring it to you. I want it to be something that you can connect with and claim, especially in the times of suffering. Mm. Yeah. That's good. I'm so glad you looked into those other words because it just give us gives us this like even bigger, stronger picture of what this verse is trying to communicate to us. Oh, I also found um, this same word that for established was used in Hebrews 1.10, where it talks about God laying the foundation of the world. 
Oh. And I, I started thinking, well, if God established the foundation of the world, same word, then he surely he can steady and establish me in, you know, in whatever I'm going through. So I love that. I love that too. We're not too shaky to be steadied by the hand of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that. I sometimes, I sometimes think that I am, you know, like, I don't mean to think that, but I just, I I think because I've had times in my life where I've just felt like too much, I'm I'm too broken or I'm too wounded or I'm too emotional. I'm too, you know, too something, um, that I'll never be steady, but this, this says we can be, you know, this says that we are by the grace of, of God, by God's grace and God's presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not ever too much. All right. We're not ever too much for him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron, for saying that out loud. And thank you, Jesus, because it's because of you that that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to this song, this older song. It's called, it's called I I stand. I think it's called I stand by Rich Mullins. I'll find it and link it in the show notes. That is an older but it's song. Been, I it love is. That song. Oh my gosh. Do you, you know that song? Yes, it, has been, yes. like, it is ministering in this season of my life. That song is ministering to me so much. And he says, if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you will pull me through. And if I fall, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And I yes. love that so much because even in the falling on the grace, there is a submission and a surrender and a steadiness, um, a foundation, because it's not when I can't do it in my own strength, because I can't, I will fall on your grace and I still will be, I will still be standing because your grace doesn't let me actually fall. Right. Oh, it's just right. so powerful. I am so in love with that song right now in this season of my life. I can't say enough about it anyway, but we will move on. Such so good. So good. <laughs> Part four is to try to rewrite the verse in our own words. And after, or I'll read the verse one more time. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And Aaron, how did you rewrite that in the Aaron Ulrich translation? (laughs) (laughs) The EUV. The EUV, I love it. (laughs) It's very wordy, uh, but here we go. I felt like... uh, God needed to be the subject. I mean, he is the mm. subject, but I wanted him to be in the front of it. Love it. Uh, and I noticed some versions do put him in the, put him in the front, like what he does uh, for us in the beginning of the verse. But okay. So here's my rewrite. Uh, God, who is the author and giver of benefits of every kind. God, who invited you to the blessings of the heavenly kingdom in Christ. This God who laid the foundations of the earth will make you steady and stable after you've suffered a little while. Mm. I love that you brought the Hebrews verse into this one too. Yeah. I love that. I just, I just, when I'm suffering, I need to hear that. Remember who you, remember who you serve, remember who loves you. And just in a few verses before he says, cast, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yes. So even a few verses before he's going, God cares for you. Yes. He's not looking at your suffering with indifference mm-hmm. and then look what he's going to do for you. Um, he's so not just- looking at your suffering with indifference. That's huge. I love that you said that. Yeah. Cause we can, we'll get there in just a second, but we can be tempted to believe when we're suffering that God has forgotten us or yeah, simply doesn't mm-hmm. care. Cause he's not fixing it the way that we want him to fix it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So step three is to find the characteristics of God. And I pulled out a couple of different things. I wrote that God is faithful, that God can be trusted to keep his promises. If I choose to look, I will see how he is perfecting and completing me, how he affirms and confirms me, how he is growing and strengthening me and how he steadies and establishes me in and through the trials I face. So I kind of took each one of those words and added my own word. Like I can see this. If I choose to look, and especially when I talk about this a lot, when I'm willing to, when I remember to go back to spiritual markers of his faithfulness in my life before, Mm -hmm. and I can say, oh, I remember how alarmy that situation in my life felt. And I know now what God did in me through that situation. And so I can pull on that and remember in this alarmy situation, whatever the suffering is, that God is doing the same thing. I don't feel it yet, maybe, but I can stand knowing that it is there, right? Because he is faithful. And um, I also put that he is kind in our struggles and our sufferings. God remains close and offers himself as comfort. Oh. Step four is to identify the lie of the enemy. I think this is such an important part to just recognize and call out the obstacle, the thing we're tempted to believe sometimes. Aaron, what stands out to you as a way the enemy will speak to you when you're struggling? I uh, I put, well, I have three. God is out to destroy you. Mm. God doesn't see your suffering. And if he does, he doesn't care. And then suffering means God is mad at you. Mm. Those are all three lies that tend to float around in my head. Yeah. What was the first one? Repeat the first one for me. God is out to destroy you. Out to destroy you. Where does that come from for us? Why do we think God gets mad at us? Do you know? I'm just curious about like why? Because I think, yeah, like a lot of people are thinking when something bad happens, I feel like God has forgotten me or God's mad at me or why would, why, why do we go to that? You think? Well, I think it goes, I mean, it's a lie. It goes back all the way to the garden of Eden yeah, to the fall. Yeah. To not mm-hmm. to not trust God. Mm, yeah. Basically God is not trustworthy is yes. what Satan would love for us to absolutely totally believe. Yes. <clears throat> it, he's not trustworthy and he's not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not for you. Yeah. Right. How many times does scripture say he is? But so why is it so easy for us to believe? (laughs) But I think that's one of the reasons it's important to call it out, because when you say that, like my heart hurts that you would spend any time thinking that. Right. Or our friends that are listening, that, that we would spend any time entertaining that God is not loving and faithful to us. And yet we all do it, especially when we're in pain. Uh, and I think it's really important to ask ourselves when I'm thinking that, how will I answer it? You know, this is the truth that I know. God is faithful. God is good. God is for me. So, yeah. Step five is called So What? Where we just try to make note of a key takeaway from our steady time. Mine's a little wordy also, uh, but I put when I feel scared and overwhelmed by what I'm facing, I can remember that God is with me and God is using whatever it is I'm going through for good. For a part of his plan for me, he loves me always. That's one of the things I think that you said earlier, just to remember that he loves us and nothing on earth has any power to affect his love for me. Nothing I'm going to. Um, it's not. It's a non-negotiable, right? I, and I think that's one of the things we can just always go to, that God's love for us is a non-negotiable. It's not in question. It's not part of what's happening here. Um, and our suffering doesn't 
because we're suffering doesn't mean God loves us less or anything like that. And just to hang on to that tide. How about you, a, a takeaway from today? I am in the hands of the God of all grace. Mm. And when I can't, I will fall on the grace that first brought me to you. Yes. I'm going to listen to that song as soon as we finish. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. This has been so fun. And we would love to hear your takeaway. Maybe you have one. You can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe your takeaway is listen to the Rich Mullins song. I stand. If I stand, I can't remember. I'll I'll link it in the show notes. If you have not yet, friend, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you will receive every episode. And if someone happened to come to mind as you were listening today, I would love it if you would share the episode out with them. Inviting them into what we're doing here is another great way to support the show. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for my conversation with Anna McLaughlin. Anna talked to me about her healing and growing journey being slow and how sometimes we can wonder what God is doing, if anything at all, when we seek from God something that is a long time coming. And her testimony is our live it out on 1 Peter 5.10. And Erin, thank you one more time for joining me. What a gift to study with you today. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you for inviting me. I am so glad you're here. And thank you, friend, for listening. We're glad you are here. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. <laughs>